took a little hiatus because life. Oh, yeah. Life. <laughs> life happens. But um, the last time we were hanging out and talking, we were talking about dumber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Halloween yeah. and all kinds of fun things. But it was more like a really nice, chill, you know, session. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so how was you guys' Halloween? It was five days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was never ending and I didn't want it to end. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to end. It's still fall. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween should be every day. Right? Yeah, for sure. What about you? It was good. Yeah. Um, Just took the kids trick-or-treating just to like five to seven of our family members. Mm-hmm. But... It was plenty because the kids got like half a bag of mm-hmm. like a big Walmart tote. So nice. It was fun. And then Will got to stay home and he passed out candy. He, he was, was so excited. He was so excited. <laughs> was it so was excited. all over his social media. <laughs> Make sure you guys come and check my place out. I'm giving out candy. And I was like, holy heck, he's like super adamant about it. <laughs> yes. And it was like the full size candy bars, like a nice. full size Snicker bars, full size. Spoiling uh, them. Yep. Right on. <laughs> we went out to um messina my sister lives out in messina so we went and took the kids out there and it was nice because we we didn't have to drive anywhere right mm-hmm. we like legit just parked at her house and walked for like three hours and we didn't even go far like we just maybe hit up like two or three blocks in her area and then when we come up the back side of her 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 road Right on the corner, there was this garage. It was door was wide open, and there was two guys in there dressed like Kiss. Putting it's on a video. Putting on a Kiss concert. It was so cool. My kids were like, "We're done. We're just gonna stay here. Put up a lawn chair. We're just gonna hang out here." I'm like, "This is the perfect ending." Aww. It was so cool, and I'm so glad it's it was nice. It was so nice the whole. You know, weekend. like holy mm-hmm. heck, how many times have we had to deal with soaking wet costumes? Yeah. We haven't done Halloween yet, really, because we were she's so little in mm-hmm. the pandemic. Oh, so yeah, yeah. it's re- it was really the first time that she was super into it. So she had two costumes. She was a uh, super Batgirl, and she was a monarch. And she did Generations Park on Thursday with my parents, and then she did um, St. Rec on Friday. And then, and then I got my niece ready for homecoming that night. And then Saturday, and we did the witch's ball on Saturday. And I took her to the nature center in Messina that morning. Mm-hmm. And they had lizards and wow. uh, snakes and all sorts of stuff and costumes that they could try on and games outside. So she did that on Saturday. And then we had a Halloween party at my sister's on Sunday. And then on Monday, she went to like two houses, my mom's and my aunt's. Holy <laughs> and she was, and they had a thing at, at school all day. So mm-hmm. she was done. Yeah, like, yeah, two yeah. houses. And she was like, I'm done. I'm happy. <laughs> and then today she's like, Mama, next is Valentine's Day, right? I was like, no, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, um, birthdays, your cousin's birthday and your birthday. She's like, oh, that's great. And she's Aww. so excited. So I, she's never done Halloween. Really, mm-hmm. like we got customs on at home and took pictures, but really she hasn't done really anything. Right, and I really got the concept of what was yeah, happening, right? Yeah, and like right? saying yeah. trick-or-treat, it was a really big deal for her. So That's, that's how my little yeah. guy was too. It was like legit for him now. Mm-hmm. And we were laughing because we would watch him and he, he couldn't carry his bag anymore because <laughs> it was getting way too heavy for him. So we'd carry it as we're going along, but then he's going up to the house and he's like, Aww. Just runs up to the door, like, so super excited. Like, can I eat this now? I'm like, mm. 
No, because you'll be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, the youngest twins. She never ate any dinner. She just legitimately just kept stuffing her face with candy. Oh, no. And then by like the second or third house before we were done, she's like, Mommy, take the take the bag. My belly's starting to hurt. <gasps> oh. And her little eyes were like getting glazed over. <laughs> she was just... She was just getting sick from all the sugar right. and the candy. <laughs> sugar coma out of it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor girl. That's funny. So the last time we met was right around the same time as um, September 30th. And that is a day of reconciliation, right? But for us, that's like every day. But um, it had my wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And I was actually invited to a couple different places to speak on language revitalization. And um, believe it or not, I'm kind of shy. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was asked, I was like, no, why me? No, I don't want to do that. No. But um, I had to do, you know, a couple talks and things like that. And um, I thought, what a perfect idea to bring that conversation to our segment because there's so many more second language speakers and there's so much more fear and there's so much more shame. So I don't know. I just thought we could like have a segment where we could talk about that and, and our different stories and our different paths so that we could offer um encouragement to everybody else right because because it is scary it is real scary i don't care (laughs) who you are or how long you've been speaking if uh, and i've even spoke with first language speakers and they're like it's freaking still scary doesn't matter if you're first or second right so i was like let's let's use our soapbox and talk about language and talk about culture and talk about the revitalization and the struggles that we deal with because if you look at for my for like me myself personally if you look at me you just think like oh it's all honky dory and and everything's gravy because that's what you see on social media but that struggle is deep <clears throat> and um i've been living my life this way for 19 years now and it it, I don't want to say it gets easier. Like there's more, there's always going to be more for me to learn, but it's just been, it's been a crazy journey. It's been like an insane journey for me because as I, I was raised in a Baptist church and, um, language and culture wasn't even a, a thought, a topic, but I went to school on the Island and I had, the privilege to be able to have Mohawk class right from pre-K all the way to grade eight and then going to high school, still being able to have that access to, you know, some form of language class. So I feel uh, grateful for that. But um, it wasn't until I met my husband and I was having a baby and he was like, 
the only thing that I want is I want my kids to speak the language. I want them that to be their first language. And I'm like, wait, what? And he was in college, so I was home alone with the kid. And <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. So I just did the basics, right? Like I just, you know, zagyo and desta and zagato and zatskanho, like the, the basic, basic words that I remember from school. <clears throat> and uh, it, it, uh, when I sit, when I sat and I talked about it at these two different um, opportunities, it was quite an eye opener for how far I had actually come. And the motivation behind it was being able to give that to my little girl. And then, uh, I don't know, it was, it was something else. And at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> I really didn't. I didn't think anything of it. Um, but over time, when we'd be out in public or whatever, and they're like, oh, your little girl speaks, you know, Ganyageha and, and things like that, right? And I, I was learning with her. Um, to me, it, well, I was just like, this is just what we do at home. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. I didn't know how to... Because I just assumed... Like everybody had that. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was like in everybody's home and everybody's Duda spoke and everybody's, you know, whatever. But, but it wasn't the case. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but anyways, I don't want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it was like quite an eye opener for me. And, and that was in the initially in the beginning was my motivation was, okay, he wants a kid that wants, that speaks the language. So I guess I'm going to do whatever I can do, um, to make sure of that. And then, and then we got pregnant right away, like right after I had her with another one. And so I, my basic main thing was like, labeling everything in the house and um you know just having this communication with her whether it was correct or not at least <laughs> i was doing it right and we didn't have tv we was po we were so po <laughs> and we only had one vehicle so i literally was home all the time with this kid <laughs> with my daughter sorry um so that's what i did and then and then we didn't have access to all of these programs that there's that there is now. Um, I remember meeting with uh, speakers at both longhouses just for the hell of it and talking whatever we wanted to learn. And there was no payment to that. Like this lady wasn't getting paid. It wasn't, I wasn't getting a, a, an allowance. There was nothing, you know, like... We brought food so that we could feed our teacher, <laughs> you know, like, um, so yeah, so that was my start. I don't know. Did anybody else? <laughs> I mean, I could go on, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know for me, there's a lot more, um, I don't know, um, shame about it. Yeah. Um, yep. cause I don't speak fluently. I don't speak in public. Um, I can introduce myself. I can say the Honda Gliwadekwa. 
Um, I can say simple words here and there, um, but I won't speak a full conversation. Um, I won't speak to anybody who speaks fluently. I get embarrassed. Um, I was um, raised in the church until I was 14, 13, 13. Um, my my Duda is the pillar of the Catholic Church. She was. She donated the baptismal um, thing. I don't know what it's called. To the church. She sang in the choir. All in Mohawk. I know all the Mohawk hymns that you would sing in the church. If I walked in there and they started singing, I would know all the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I would try to learn with her, she would laugh at me because I would say things wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how they were raised. You know, it's like, oh, you said it wrong. Ah, ha, ha. And they'd pick on you or... If you did anything cultural, they'd be like, oh, are you an Indian now? Like, so it was like that, um, that feeling of it's a shameful thing to do was in ingrained in the people that surrounded me. And, and that's something that's very deep in our family. And when the TRC happens and when there's orange shirts and all of those things, my aunts and uncles, not my younger aunts and uncles, like my aunt Esther and my mother didn't go to residential schools, but the four other um, brothers and sisters, because there's, there's eight of them. Is there eight of them? Yeah, there's eight of them. Four brothers, four sisters. They went to residential schools. They all went to Tom and, Thomas Indian schools. So they um, split that family. So whenever those orange shirts come up, like our family is a mess because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And my mother's mother is non-native. And her, her mother, Madeline, Madeline Pye, who made all the pies on St. Regis Road, spoke fluent Mohawk. She rode around on the milk truck with her parents and sold milk to all the iron workers. And that's how she met my grandfather. And they spoke fluent because they were here in community, even mm-hmm. though they were raised, they grew up in Messina. And it was, it's interesting, that dynamic of like how close she was in our community and she was treated as a native woman and and how hard it was for us to are not for me but for my mother and for their family to be accepted for a long time up until like recently not like within the last 20 years for our families to be accepted and how much things have changed in that where you don't have to be traditional to be culturally educated Mm -hmm. you don't have to be um, a longhouse person to know who you are as an as a Haudenosaunee per, or as an Ongwehui person as a Ganyakeha person, and which is different than being a Haudenosaunee person, you know. So, um, for me, I started going to longhouse when I was fourteen, and I was talking to my sister about this, and it was like, it was like we found our the way where we belonged, right? It wasn't just about like meeting dudes at the longhouse and finding our friends at the longhouse, which we did, you know, we, but that was the easiest way to find comfort. And I can sing like every social song there is because that was my comfort. Cause I love mm. to sing and I know what those songs mean. And, and I, and I can sing the seed songs and singing is my connection to our language, mm-hmm. but speaking, I don't have the comfort. I have more of a shame. And, but I found my community and I found my acceptance in the longhouse because it was a place where I was never judged. I was never bullied. I was never told that I wasn't enough. And and from then on, I was like, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to be who I was supposed to be always and pick up those things. And I became a sponge and I sat with 
our elders and I sat with my cousins and because like all the laughings, like I, I sat with them all and I said, I'm, I want to learn everything. And my cousin Mike took me in and, and Stacy Huff took me in and all of these, these people, they just said, let me give you what I have. And we just soaked it up and no, nobody got a stipend. Nobody got anything. Mm-hmm. They just said, these mm-hmm. are younger kids and this is what we do, you know? And, and you stopped running out the door when women's dance started and you started actually doing it and you stopped doing all those things where there's feather dance and I don't want to do that. And people would just go and hide, you know, but mm-hmm. instead of doing that, you would actually do it. So, I mean, it's, it's so much more than just the language. It's about being comfortable in your identity and for me, I get emotional about it because for a really long time, we weren't here. We were in, we were in, I was born in Syracuse and then I went to Utica and then I went to Florida and then I went to Indiana and then I went to Georgia and then I came back and I was 10 or 11. It was right after 90. Everybody's like, are you a warrior? Are you anti, anti? Like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. What are you talking about? And, and it was crazy. And you go somewhere and people were getting jumped and they were getting beat up and, and it wasn't safe to be a kid on the res because you didn't know what the political system was. You didn't mm. know what was happening. But if you went to Longhouse and you were out of social and you were hearing them speak and you were hearing them sing, that was safe. Mm-hmm. And that was just beautiful. And I know when I walk into ceremony, I know everything that they're doing. I know all that they're saying. When I go to a funeral, I know all those words to send those loved ones away. I couldn't say that, but I know exactly what they're saying, you know, and that's, that's the weird thing to me is like, I can hear it and I know what it is, but I could never talk it to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that barrier is. And I don't know what it looks like that roadblock in my head that keeps me from being able to speak it out loud. And I feel like there's a lot of people who have that in their minds. It's very subconscious and me saying it out loud, maybe somebody will hear it too and be like, I do that. I hear people sitting at the coffee shop. I hear them talking and I know what they're talking about. I might pick things out. I do that all the time. And, and I know Dodas won't talk in front of me because they know I know. <laughs> they're not going to talk shit about me because I know what they're talking about. Like I, Joanne um, from Traveling College used to be like, don't talk in front of Sarah unless you want her to know what you're saying. Because I, I understand a lot, but um, I can't. I don't know what it is, but I'll say words to my daughter and she speaks so well. Like she's always like my little cousin, you know, he's so awesome. Like she just like it just flows out of her mouth. And I'm just like, I don't know if I could have said that when I was three. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just Mm -hmm. so easy for her. Hmm. And it makes my heart just swell when she wakes up in the morning and she says, good morning, brother, son. Like she knows (laughs) she's born into that. and, Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel like I'm a little bit one step further you know and and I'll probably talk way more but that's my little piece of where I'm at with my language and I hope I have more time now that I'm done school because I always say to people well now that I got to this level of school where can you go now I'm like I'm not whole until I learn my language I got a doctorate I got all my songs I know all my ceremonies I know a lot of our history no of course I don't know everything there's always something to learn. There's always someone to teach me. Someone's always teaching me something about medicine, about mushrooms. Goniosta teaches me about mushrooms. Fallon teaches me. Like they, they have all these new teachings or mm-hmm. people are, are evolving and they teach and I'm never going to be done. I'm a lifelong learner. But the language is the thing that I'm missing because it's not just words. It's a song. It's a story. It's a feeling. And those words mean so much more than 
the translation into English because those are just so basic. Right, yeah. And when you say something in Gonyakeha, it's like... I don't even know how, it's a color it's like yeah. it's a feeling it's a vibe it's it's like this you know like it's just it's so much more so I want to know that I want to get to that so much more you know mm. so um so hopefully someday I'll get to that but for now I'm going to learn the language in like when I beat or or when I talk to my daughter and and try and get there and get more comfortable with it because I still carry the shame you know mm-hmm. I still hear my even though I I love my Duda with all my heart and she's my best friend I still hear her laugh at me in my weaved cap and say what are you an Indian look at you you got a basket on your head like she just she just shamed the shit out of me because that wasn't safe for her and she was trying to keep me safe and right. I feel like our elders tried to do that for us you know and And that's no fault of their own. And that's what our colonialism has done to us. And and that's what oppression has done to us in history. But we're moving above that. And I don't want that for my daughter. And I don't want that for any of our babies. So, yeah, I don't know. We could keep going. But I want to hear from (laughs) you. I want to hear what you were saying. Well, well, when you talked about shame, that's that's the biggest thing, right? And unfortunately, we take it upon ourselves to make it our fault that we don't speak yeah but it's not and then we turn around and we think our parents but it's not even their fault Mm-mm. and then we turn around and think our duras can speak but they would never never but it's still not their fault because just like you said it was them trying to keep us safe mm-hmm. and they just did with with what they knew the best that they could and you're right like we carry so much shame and and I have these conversations all the time now because in the beginning I was imposter (laughs) just like that stupid word right but I had that imposter syndrome real bad in the beginning because I was like um who am I to share any kind of language and who am I to offer any kind of whatever right Mm -hmm. but then now it's like when I look at my kids I did that Right. Mm-hmm. Like people will think like, oh, well, you had a uh, uh, at the house and it's like, no, I didn't. He was gone. He lived at, on campus. He was gone like two, three years. And, and it was my duty to help him with what he wanted with the kids. And so I did whatever I could. And I always tell people like the only reason, the only difference between me and anybody else is how bad do you want it? Like, how bad are you going to make it, uh, a, an, uh, I don't even know, uh, a mandatory obligation to learn a new word every day or learn a new phrase every day or whatever, right? I need like, the labels. Yeah. That, I want that, the labels. Even to this day, 19 years later, I still can see the little label for Deotelakwa or Deoyaks or, you know, all mm. these little words and things like that that I had stuck all over my apartment. <laughs> I can still see them to this day. But the shame is like so freaking huge. And it I, I don't even know if I'll ever get rid of it. I really don't because I'll speak fluently in the house with my kids till the cows come home. But as soon as I walk out the door, I'm like, hi, my name is Allie. (laughs) Right? No, I'll be, I'll be on a zoom with like non-native people and I'll be like, say blah, 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 blah. And then, and then to introduce myself. But then if I'm in community, I'll question. And I'm like, why am I questioning myself? I know what I said and I've done it before and, and it's not a hard thing to do, but I question if I said it right, even though I know it's right. 
And that's so ridiculous to me, and it makes me mad at myself. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I get mad at myself, and I shouldn't be. Oh, and now we're... I want to hear from you. Yeah, I want to hear your perspective and your experience now. Um, I mean, I had basically the the same upbringing. Um, Catholic parents... Can you hear me? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Catholic parents, they made me do, like, baptism, um, confirmation, communion. And then... um, Listening to you guys talk about, like you said, you went went to school on the island from pre-K up until you were taking, like, getting Mohawk. Because of, like, the, the, the war that was going on in the 90s, mm-hmm. my parents transferred me and my sister to Salmon. So that's a generally non-Native school. Like, at that time, I was probably one of... 10 like for the whole my whole grade up until like junior high Mm -hmm. so I never got any of that I wasn't getting it from home like my parents they never spoke it was just very 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 few words um my dadas they never spoke in front of us again because of like the residential schooling so it I almost felt like I don't want to say whitewashed, but during elementary from pre-K up until like sixth grade, I was comfortable with non-native kids. Mm-hmm. And then when I transitioned from sixth grade up into um, like junior high and seventh grade, I got put into Mohawk classes, and then I was getting to know community. Like, I was getting to know um, kids from from the res. Mm-hmm. Be, and I never knew them because I never went to school with them as a young kid. And then I felt like an imposter when I was trying to, like, make friends with them. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, thinking I'm a young kid. I'm Native. They're Native. We should be friends and we should know each other. But then I didn't know them. And I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't really understand. So then I was more comfortable with the non-native friends that I grew up with basically (laughs) um so then like through the rest of school I was always in Mohawk class and then I remember my junior or senior year the um Mohawk teacher she would get mad at me because she knew my dudas so Mm -hmm. Like she expected because she knew my dudas and she knew they were fluent that I should be the same way or like I should be going to my dudas and talking to them. But I never would because, again, the shame, being scared came. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like my my high school experience. Um, And then... I did go to Longhouse once. It was probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. And I felt so out of place because I didn't have any guidance. Mm-hmm. I like it was, we went there for um, kind of like a group, but nobody told us anything mm-hmm. for the ones who like had never ever been to Longhouse. So I sat up on like the 
the bleachers, the stands, while everybody was dancing. Mm -hmm. And then an elder came and was like, here, go bring this up into the kitchen. And I I froze Mm because I'm like, I don't know what to do. So then like she got another person to go up and do it. And after that experience, like I've always wanted to go back to Longhouse, but I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Like I'm Wolf Clan. I know I need to get hooked up with somebody from the Wolf Clan, but I don't know who. I don't know where to start. And then my girls, they're getting the language because they're in school at Mohawk School. And then they're asking, Mommy, can we go to Longhouse? And they said, yes. But in my head, I'm like, I'm so scared. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. Mm -hmm. And... Like, the youngest twins, they don't have their names. My Duda gave um, the older twins their names. But she's having health issues. And, like, she can't give the younger ones their names. So then I'm like, who's going to give them their names? And I want to go to Longhouse and maybe try to get them through the naming ceremony. But I know that's, like... It's a big, long process. You don't just go in and say, I want my kids to go through the naming ceremony. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of me being scared because I don't know where to start. I don't know who to talk to. Um, But I know it's something like I have to do Mm -hmm. because I even had a dream one time. Um, I don't know. I have crazy dreams where they're like, one part you're in one part of the dream and then it immediately goes to like a next part and they're kind of (laughs) they're kind of like um what's the word I want together but they're totally separate but in this dream I had I was um like I went through a door and there was a fire going like a fire pit and there were these women sitting around it They had buckskin on, like old traditional clothing, not our ribbon style now, all talking in Ganekeha. And I sat with them and I didn't know what they were saying. So that's kind of like, I need to, I want to, but I just don't know how. That's powerful. That's awesome. Holy heck. There's signs. Yeah, right? You know, I always think... um, uh, somebody had told me once that if you're sitting there and you're holding on to your goods and you're not sharing them with others, then what is good about having those goods? Like, what's yes. the point of having yes. all of that knowledge yep. if you're not going to share it? If I have someone sitting next to me on the bench and they're sitting next to me, like I sit with the bear because I'm a deer clan and I was brought in. I don't have a clan. My mother, my mother's mother's white. So my name and my clan hang around my neck and it can be taken from me at any time. And I had to put the work in to get it, you know? And and I understand that. And I put the work in. And when somebody comes in next to me and they sit there and they don't know and they they haven't been there, they, they're just coming back and they, they were like what on a bender or like they're just coming back to Longhouse and they're finally coming back and they want to live that way. I sit there and, they, and, and I say, you need anything? You tell me. You don't know what's going on? You ask me. If they're not going to translate, because sometimes they don't, sometimes they do. In our longhouse uh, over by Wild Bills, they translate everything because they know new people are coming back and they want people to feel comfortable. So they'll do it in English. They'll do it in, in Ganyakeha. 
and they'll say this is what we're doing and every day at like harvest like they just had harvest they do the run a show right they tell you what you're going to do that day they're going at the end of the day they tell you what i mean that's normally what happens but they don't always do it in both languages because they don't want you to speak english mm. but unfortunately there's so many people that don't speak that they want you to learn the protocols so i'll sit there and i'll say okay tomorrow you need to bring this this and this and tomorrow, don't bring toys for your kids because you're not really supposed to do that. They're supposed to be paying attention and you you got to do this and this. And you got to train them. Yeah, you got to train them to sit and pay attention. And like just giving them tips and, and then like, well, you want my Facebook so you can DM me in case you have any other questions, like that kind of thing. And, and I really try to be super open. Like I'll have people who have like things in their home and they'll ask me how to like, do things or like clean things or whatever needs to be done like because I've always been so open about what I've learned because I didn't know when I was 13 14 like my dad had moccasins in his house and I brought them to school for show and tell when I was in second grade and I said my dad made these that was not true um but because I was so proud of who I was like I tried to connect and so once I finally learned and I sat with elders and I learned, I was like, this is not my knowledge. This is our knowledge. Let me share that mm -hmm. with you, you know. And But I remember walking into the house and everybody looking at you like, who the hell is that? And what are they doing here? Who's that? Who's her family? And, and what is she doing here? Is mm -hmm. she going to be here for long? And why doesn't she have a skirt on? And, you know, like that, that's, that, that feeling is like terrifying. And, and we shouldn't be plant in fear no. in our people so that they don't come back yeah and and then like unfortunately when someone handed you that plate and said hey take this in the cookhouse and you didn't respond now they could be like hey the cookhouse is over there you go out that door that's your door for your clan and you go up and you put it in there and then you come back you yep. know like they should have explained it Mm -hmm. to teach you because we're all teachers we're all learners we're still learning and how are we supposed to pass it on to the next generation if we don't have that conversation and remove that fear and shame yeah so you can always ask me and you can always ask Allie. please like, ask me please ask us because <laughs> i don't i'm not me. a hoarder <laughs> i'm not a hoarder of my goods like because they're not mine you know and and i always think of that i was thinking that earlier when i was talking it was like Man, I remember feeling that that fear when I first walked in, and, I, and it was like kind of like low lights at the social, and like they'd be like, "You gotta go do women's dance," and we would be like, "No," because we <laughs> didn't know how to shuffle, and we just run out the door, and we'd be scared. Then we run back in when it was over, and we're just like, uh, "I gotta go to the bathroom." Yeah, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, yeah, but I just feel like it's um. I don't want our kids to feel that fear. Yeah, and have unanswered questions and never know. You know, and, and if somebody says something in the language, be like, what did they say? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Like, what is that next step? And why are they doing this on the floor? And what does that mean? And, and that way you get the real meaning of it and the real experience of it and the good medicine that comes from it. Because there's oh, reasons why. Oh, it's so good. You know, like I went to harvest and I got COVID and I forgot that there was even COVID because I was like so pumped to be because yeah. i hadn't been to longhouse in like two and a half years because of covid and i finally went and i went like two days and i just danced so hard and i was like dancing my butt off and like sweating and singing and like cooking and like wearing my skirt and like just feeling like me again for once and like since before this pandemic and it was just the best feeling and i want you 
to have that feeling with your girls. Yeah. You know? And have them look up at you and be like, Mama, this is who I am. Like, that is what we all should be able to feel, you mm-hmm. know? We should all be able to share that. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, I always think of, like, because a lot of people reach out to me, same like you, like, like the naming process mm-hmm. or... I'm new and where do I sit and what do I do and what do I bring and what do I wear? And I, and I put myself in those same positions because I was there, Mm -hmm. but I didn't ask anybody because I was too ashamed. And I, and frankly, I didn't know who to ask. Um, and so I just think of like myself 19 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, like, what do I do? What's my protocol? What is my position? What is my job? Like, what is expected of me? Like all of these questions. And I just think like when the person comes to me and asks these, I just put myself back in that space because I was there. And I wish that I had somebody to like hold my hand and, and explain to me these things. Right. Um, when I first started going, I sat way in the corner. Mm-hmm. If I sit in a corner where nobody sees me, nobody will talk to me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but what I found was that I had these two little kids with me that I was trying to, like, we just said, like train them on how to conduct themselves. And, and, and this is a small, tiny little sacrifice of your day where you have to sit still and behave and listen. There's no toys. There's no, well, back then we didn't have these tablets and stuff. (laughs) You can't play on my phone today. Um, I wasn't doing myself or the kids any service by hiding in the corner because I couldn't hear what was going on in the middle. So slowly I would like move myself closer to the middle. (laughs) And now I'm like right in the middle because I deserve to learn. I deserve to hear what's happening. Right. And we just had harvest too this past weekend. And I was glowing Mm -hmm. the whole time because and i could not stop talking about it and it's no big deal to my kids and my husband because they're just like whatever mom but i'm (laughs) like i understood everything that was talked about i knew what the next step was i knew what was going on i knew this i could and he even was like because my husband has to speak when he's there right he sits on the bear side and he's talking about the whole story of of harvest and the leaves changing and the bear and all Mm. and i'm like I know <laughs> everything you're saying. And and it was a big moment for myself. And then to sit and watch the kids. I'm going to like tear up. That's to sit and watch the kids going up to get their names. And mm-hmm. to be able to hear their names being introduced to everybody. And then for me to be able to say it over and over in my head. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh... This has to do with the leaves or this has to do with the snow or, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> I, I want to get to that point. And it, it was so like, for me to sit back and think like, holy shit, how far have I, I've come where I sat in that way in the corner over there. And then anytime something was happening, if there was a dance coming up, I was like, I have a bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I'm peacing out. out. Like, I'm going to hide over here. Hide in the outhouse before there were bathrooms. (laughs) Because I was so terrified and I was Mm -hmm. so full of shame. Like, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know none of that stuff. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so 
confident. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still like, mm, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel confident enough to know what I'm doing. And then to have somebody say, what's going on? What are they saying? Oh, come here. I'll tell you. <laughs> no, that's exciting. That's exciting when people ask you and you can tell them exactly what's going to happen and then what's going to happen next. Like, I think they're, um, I don't know, when I was growing up, people would judge you if you didn't know or they would take for granted that they did know and they would be like, what, you don't know? Oh, How come you don't? Yeah, or, yeah. or they'd be like, well, I've been coming here since I was born. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's good for you. Good, good for you. I'm very happy and proud that your family was able to hold on to this. But mine wasn't. Right. And we have a lot of healing to do. And we're trying to do that. And as a community, let's do that together, you know. And and I took French. Like, we didn't have Gonyakeha. And then I went to fifth grade. I think fifth grade I was at Salmon. And I took, like, basic Mohawk for fifth grade with another girl who was from Onondaga for, like, a couple weeks. And I didn't get it. And then we went to Messina. Because kids were getting beat up at Salmon and my mom took us out. So I went to Messina for like ever. And then I took French in college too. I understand everything that they say at McGill like this. And I didn't realize I knew that much French <laughs> until cool. I sat in meetings and I was like, oh, bonjour. All right. <laughs> you know, no, it was very, it's very strange because they gave me a tour at um, our campus at Udaway and I knew almost everything that they were saying i had my manager with me and he was like he was translating some of the things but i picked it up and i was like i took french for seven years and i know so much more than i do and i'm so embarrassed about that like i know how to say pen in french but not in like it's just that it's that kind of thing like Mm -hmm. and I, I want to be in spaces where people are safe about culture and they want to share in that. And I think that's so important. And and um, and I'm never going to close my, my door, my arms, or yeah. my brain to those yeah. people, you know? Because like, I don't think that's fair. Because yep. people have been doing that to us and telling us what we can and cannot do <laughs> with our culture for since the beginning of settler colonialism and mm-hmm. contact. Yes. So why the fuck should we be doing it to ourselves? Yeah. Like, it makes me mad, you know? Like, I, like, why should you do that to somebody and say... Who or who who doesn't deserve to learn that, like mm-hmm. because of what family or what space you come from or how long you've been in recovery or X Y and Z. Like I, I don't think we should have a required set of um, prerequisites to be yeah. able to learn who we are. Like I just I don't think that's um, appropriate in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I'm getting mad now. <laughs> it's getting hot good, here. Good mind. Good mind. Good I, mind. Um, <laughs> I think like like when when I was learning and well still learning but what I mean in the beginning like I was so adamant that this is what I'm going to give to my kids because you know I grew up dependent on chemicals I grew up like you know using and abusing drugs and alcohol and I never felt like I had anything to offer as a mother And I was like, this is what I'm going to offer. And this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make this my life. Like, this is going to be my lifestyle. Like, I'm going to live this way. So, hmm, what can I do to better me? Because by the time my daughter was two, three years old, her level of fluency was starting to surpass mine. Because she still had the, 
obviously the access to be with her dad, right? To, and him to teach her so much more. So I was like, well, I need to step it up. So I looked further into classes and, and it was, I feel like my whole life for like the past 19 years has been in and out of classes, in and out of language classes, in and out of language classes, put me in front of a teacher or put me in a classroom, like just give me there, get me there, get me there, right? And by the time my older two were like five, fifth grade and older, I was like, <laughs> So y'all are on your own because I got nothing to give to you. So I'm going to focus on the smaller kids that I have at home. Um, but now I, I'm because of the different opportunities that are out there, the different courses and things like that, I'm going to make it um, my priority to enroll myself come next September into a language program. I don't even care. Like if I have to drive, I don't even care. Like, you know what I mean? And then my older two turn around and they're like, well, we're done high school. So we're going to come with you. And I'm like, like, <laughs> this is like legit. Like we're going to do this, you know? And it, yeah. and it, and it's, um, for me personally, it's a huge thing for me because in the past, if I were to take like an actual full fledged, full force class and, and I have to actually put myself in front of people and speak like we were just saying, like, I don't talk to nobody. <laughs> um, this is a big deal for me because it's, I got to break down another barrier. I have to push through the next obstacle and I have to fight against that shame that continues to hold me back from carrying on conversations with people or, you know, being out in public and, um speaking right because it it suffocates me mm. to the point where like i'll just freeze right up and i'm just like mm-hmm yep okay <laughs> you know and i'm like i'm not gonna answer you i'm gonna get her and i'm not going to um carry on this conversation with you i'm gonna like weasel my way out of it as fast as i can because i'm super uncomfortable and i don't feel like I'm in my element and I'm trying to like, okay, let's get out of this because this is gross. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And if I want to get any further or any better, then I have to be uncomfortable. I have to push those barriers and I have to push the envelope for myself personally, right? Shame sucks. Shame sucks so much. Like it just takes over. But it's really powerful that you are taking that initiative to to learn the language and to enroll in in courses and to try to maybe even speak with elders or mm. to speak. Mm -hmm. I'm not at that level. I just know maybe numbers, a few colors. Like that's that's it. I, mm -hmm. I can I used to kind of be able to do like a full sentence, but I can't do that anymore because it's been so long. But we all have to start from somewhere. Right. You know, like when people come to me and ask me how, like, how do I teach my kid language? I made my own flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> I made my own flashcards, right? Like I would just get card or um, construction paper and the color that it coincides with. I'd write it on there. Uh, numbers. Uh, they have apps too. Yeah, you that's so cool now. Apps on, that's on so freaking your cool phone. now. So you can just do little online flashcards too. For Gunyagaha? Yeah. Yep. Wow, yep. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, I have one on. I'll show you after. I think it's uh, 
It's like literally says Mohawk language app. Oh, okay. <laughs> for real. That's literally what it says. Um, but it comes with all of the languages, huh? Yeah, I think so. But anyways, sometimes I'll Google and some of that stuff will come up. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a hurdle. But I don't I don't want I don't want anybody to compare themselves with me. That's what that's what I always like. I get mad because I'm like, listen to my story first. See where I came from first, because this has been 19 years, mm -hmm. right? And and um, I'm so thankful and grateful to be able to have the ability to be with my husband who was raised in that, right? Like he has like a fluency like no other, but um, I can't depend on him, right? Like I have the children majority of the time as most mothers do, right? So uh, what am I gonna do? I have to do something. I mm -hmm. have to put some kind of effort in. <laughs> They're our catalyst, right? Like, Dewey Ladenius is my catalyst to be better and to learn my language because she she was at the language nest for, uh, like, six months, and she would come home with words that I didn't know, and she'd say them to me. And my husband knew words because he went to Salmon, and I didn't know them, and I was, like, embarrassed that I didn't know them because I can straight up say the Ohandagliwadekwa, mm -hmm. like, the whole thing. And I can say lots of things that are difficult because I, I'm good at memorizing, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I can have a conversation. And I can understand, like, what's happening in ceremony and, like, fully because I, I understand the context. and But it's not the same as having a conversational dialogue and... And I wish I had millions of dollars so I didn't have to work so that I could just fully go to an immersion program and just be mm -hmm. and just learn. Because it's really like those language learners, they're in that immersion program and they're getting it done, you know, yeah. like and they're coming out and they're speakers and they're different levels of speakers, but they're speaking. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so beautiful that we actually even have our language and we have our ceremonies and we have our songs like we could just not have any of that because of how hard everybody came down on us. Like we we're surviving and we're thriving and and your babies are fluent. Like it's it's the most amazing thing. I just hope I can get there. And I'm not gonna say I hope. I am going to get there. Maybe when I'm fifty and my daughter is fluent and she's teaching me. Right. You know, because she's that cool it, and it brilliant, doesn't even matter. You know? It's just yeah. that it doesn't matter it's, how we get there family. as long as yeah. we get there. Or as make a, some effort to get there, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. And I feel like if there's more conversations with mothers talking about that shame and talking about those hurdles. I think that's the first step to actually having those conversations because if I could sit down with another family or another woman who's has that shame like which there's probably hundreds of if not thousands of women in our community that have that same feeling mm -hmm. that want to just sit with me and go over numbers mm -hmm. or go over hi, this is a cup of tea, and, and do you want some sugar? Like, we could just do that. Like, okay. I feel like that would be the easiest way to start, but I'm embarrassed to have that conversation with somebody who is fluent, you know? So 
I don't know. Maybe that's the start of it. Just getting friends together and having a couple. That coffee. is a really good idea. You know, that, like, that, yeah, that is. is an amazing idea because because then we could laugh with each other until <laughs> yeah, our bellies hurt. And that's like, exactly what I was going to say. say <laughs> but then, you know, like, just, what'd you say? But then it would be teachable for our children mm-hmm. to see us, us having that conversation in Ganyageha mm-hmm. because I get so jealous of my kids. They're four and seven, and they can say somebody's name mm. immediately after hearing it. Mm. And I have to, like, I get embarrassed to say somebody's name because I don't want to mess it up in front of them. Mm-hmm. So I have to hear it and say it over and over in my head until I can say it right. Here's the thing with names. <laughs> I would much prefer you try and butcher Mm-hmm. Then not try at all. Mm-hmm. There's so many times where people are like, well, what is the nickname for your kid? And they all have nicknames. They all do. But I would much prefer somebody try their name and mutilate it mm-hmm. than not even try it at all. Because that is, uh, on one, it's a form of ignorance because you're not even going to try it. But on the other hand, it's you or not you, but like it's the person trying not to be uncomfortable, if that makes any sense. Right. Because I know even for me, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to mess your name up. Mm-hmm. Then I'll just say, say it again. OK, say it again. OK, now say it slower because <laughs> names can be tricky. Yeah. Names can be real freaking tricky. I'm not even going to lie. Like names are like, whoa, tongue twister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But a three-year-old will say it like that. Exactly. But you think, too, though, that's their first language, Mm -hmm. right? So for them, it just flows. They're still happy in the sky world. (laughs) And they're not afraid to make a mistake. No. So they'll just come out with it. That's so true. Right? So when you see a kid who's learning how to walk, if they fall down, do they stop walking? No. Right? Yeah, they're not afraid to jump off the couch like piles of pillows. It's the (laughs) same concept. Like when my three, my mom, he's when my four year old talks to me and I'm like, I don't know what he's saying because his words are not pronounced properly. And I'm like looking at the other ones like, does anybody know what he's saying? Right? Like, <laughs> and he's getting mad. Like he's like getting mad and he's getting louder and louder. Mama! And I'm like, sorry, I don't know what you're saying because <laughs> I just can't understand you. Right? But he doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop trying. He doesn't. Like, yeah. It's so it's it's so. To fill their head when they're that small is so much easier than to fill our stubborn heads. Mm-hmm. And we're all like old habits and and then we're all afraid. And then we don't want to make a mistake. And then self-judgment. Ugh. Yeah. So we should have like a toddler play group where we have coffee and we just use simple phrases. Yeah. And we teach that would each be other. amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everyday life. Just yep. doing whatever. I agree. But I just want... I just want to... To give a little insight on where I'm coming from with my journey because it it can be done. It totally can be done, right? Like I've, and I still continue to keep learning and I still continue to keep pestering my older ones. Help me with this word. And they're like, oh, God, mama. <laughs> hey, you know what I wanted to bring up? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're close now. We're best friends. Um, so I can hit you. Um. I was thinking of something earlier, and then you mentioned about something, so I'm going to say it. And I have COVID brain, so my brain's weird. Um, 
so I was thinking earlier, like when I started going to Longhouse, um, when I was in high school, I had this, um, this is who I'm going to be, right? This is, this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. this is who I am, right? But then I fell off. Like, I fell off when I was like, I went to college, right? Because that's what you do. You go to college and you major, my mom says, you majored in partying. But that's, that's how she sounds too. She's not going to listen to this. But anyways. <laughs> so anyways, uh, probably from 17 to 25, I was a hot fucking mess, right? And I always knew that I could always go back. And I don't know why I keep thinking about this because people think they can't go back. Mm. People think that if you fuck up, that the longhouse isn't going to be there for you or the the way that you, the who you are, your identity, your traditions. There's there's room and flexibility and I know we've talked about this before in other other podcasts that there's room and flexibility for when you fuck up in our teachings that we're not going to push you away or we're not going to shun you or you're not going to be like blacklisted from community or from longhouse because you fell off the red road. Mm-hmm. And that you're always going to be welcome back and we're going to help you heal so that you can come back to the house. And I feel like that's a misconception that you have to be fucking perfect. Oh, my God. And yes. that's that's a, like a big thing. Like, oh, your yeah. longhouse, your red road, you're going to be perfect. You're never going to have a glass of wine. You're never going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You have to be this longhouse traditional person and that's it, that's it. And I'm not saying that I'm, I fought, I've fallen off the red road, but I'm saying, why is there such a standard of judgment? I feel Ugh. like there's this like merge of colonialist, um, Catholic undertones of this ideology of who you have to be right. and this image of such this, this like black and white mm-hmm. that doesn't allow for humanity and human nature of error. Right. So imagine a lot of the people's reactions when they found out I was selling vibrators. Oh my God. <laughs> You I've like had, I've had that. I've oh my had god, you like orgasms to me. Like, how do you do what you do knowing your husband is who he is? And I'm like, uh, he's babies. happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bear Clans are pretty happy that their sub chief is very happy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you always need more Bear Clan. So how many wolves are on the wolf side? Like, come on. <laughs> but um, no, you're absolutely right. And over the course of the 19 years, I've fallen off. I've fallen off and I questioned my desire to be there or to speak the language or any of that. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't even want to do this. I'm tired. I'm tired of doing this. It's not who I really am and whatever, right? And then so I fall off. I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I start to feel lost. I start not to feel whole. And then, you know, life happens and then I go back and you're still welcomed with open arms. Like, oh, hey. You're home. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where you been? We haven't seen you in a long time. And I'm like, shit, y'all did mess me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, exactly. And so I, I totally get what you're saying. A hundred percent. It's definitely. I think there's misconceptions about what that is or there's there's this like thought that that's what's going to happen. And it's not there. It's just this stigma, right? Mm-hmm. And I just want to put it out there that community's not perfect. Nobody Humans is. aren't perfect. We all have room for error. 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 And I feel like we all just have to be really kind to ourselves. And if you want to live a red-billed life, go ahead and do it. 
And if you don't stay on that red road and you fall off and you want to get back on or you don't, then do what you got to do to survive. But know that you can always rely on our teachings. You can always rely on our elders. You can always rely on your aunties and your sisters. Like that's always going to be there in a reciprocity, in a respectful way yep. when you need it. Yep. You know, and I just feel like there there's always such a black and white conversation surrounding that topic. And I know we could get into that a hundred other ways, <laughs> but it, it's, it's just that shame and stigma, you know, like, um, and I was just thinking about that earlier is like, you know what, I fell off for a while and then I would go back and fall off and go back, you know, college and being young and dumb, you know, and, and then when I was ready and I said, well, I'm ready to have, get married and have children and, and I want to be on this red road so that my body's ready for my baby. Like, and here I am like, and this is what I'm going to do. And, and then I did it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was my choice and nobody else influenced me on that. And, and, and if I, mess up I'm not gonna beat myself up over it and mm-hmm. and not think that people in my family and my long house isn't gonna be there for me because they always are you know mm-hmm. even if I'm not even there for my own self you know mm-hmm. so yeah that was my thought I didn't I did mean to hit you we're bonding now so I can smack you up I might have to sit over there next time <laughs> She's like, let's <laughs> 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 gee. Oh, he wants us to wrap. Okay, it up. so anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so we came out and we that's what we wanted to share with you mm-hmm. guys. Uh, and I hope that those of you who are listening and and you too, like, you feel safe and comfortable to reach out to anybody or any of us and and come back, you know, like and um. And it's okay to make those mistakes. Oh my God, I can feel my blood rushing. <laughs> you did a good job. Yo, You know, keep using your words as little as you have. Use them because they're the language of our heart. They're the language of our ancestors. And my thoughts on... Um, language revitalization is let's not let those those babies that never made it home die in vain let's use that let's use that to fuel our fire to to show the man that we're here and that we still are speaking our languages and passing on our traditions and let's let's give these these babies some some pride you know and and give them so much more than what they had to endure. Um, so yeah, so that's what I wanted to share before I start crying. <laughs> and, well, I'm tearing up. That I know. was like powerful. <laughs> and and on top of that, let's heal for our relatives. Yeah, the ones yeah. that aren't here, and then the ones that are still here that still carry what they don't talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. You have anything left? I don't. Okay. I can't. <laughs> 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 well, y'all go for our listeners for putting up with us and listening to us. <laughs> all 23 of you. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you we all. Y'all <laughs> uh, go. Y'all